There is no substitute for contentment in Christ. But when Jesus Christ is our pursuit, he will leave our hearts so satisfied that we don't need anything else. Listen, you can leave this morning and spend the next 20 years searching far and wide, trying anything and everything to fill that hole in your heart and you won't be able to do it because that hole in your heart is filled by Christ alone. Thus the famous words of St. Augustine, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. I want to plead with you this morning to return again to seeking your contentment in Jesus Christ alone. The take-home message is this. There is no substitute for contentment in Christ. There is no substitute for contentment in Christ. By the time we reach uh, John chapter 7, uh, the scene here is a holiday, a Jewish holiday, known as the Feast of Tabernacles. And at this point in the Gospel of John, Jesus' fame is starting to grow at a staggering rate. And just as fast as his fame is growing, so are the number of opinions about him. It says in uh, John 7, verses 11 through 13, it says the Jews were looking for Jesus at the feast and saying, where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly about him. So there's this like undercurrent of talk about Jesus with all these people gathered for the Feast of Tabernacles. And it is clear that many don't know what to make of Jesus. They're discussing his hometown. They're discussing his academic background. Some of them think he's demon-possessed. Some of them don't know if he's a good man or a deceiver. His own brothers at this point don't believe in him. And the religious leaders, they just outright oppose him. They are trying to arrest him. But it says in verse 31 that many of the people did believe in him. And so this is just a chaotic scene with a lot of opinions, a lot of competing values, a lot of talk about Jesus. And, you know, it reminds me of today a little bit, doesn't it? Many people today don't know what to make of this Jesus. Many oppose Jesus. Many reject Jesus. Many make Jesus in their own image. And then there are many who do believe in Jesus. And so Jesus' words that he's going to speak to them, I believe he is speaking to us this morning. So let's look at verses 37 through 39 and see what Jesus says. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So in the midst of this crowd, this chaos, Jesus doesn't just say, he cries out, come to me and drink. Aren't we tired of seeking contentment in the world? 
Haven't we been let down enough by people? And haven't we let enough people down? Haven't we had things uh, and we found out that those can't satisfy either? How do we have contentment in Christ? Well, that's what we're talking about this morning. And we're going to see what Jesus teaches us about having contentment in him. Uh, There are bulletins on your seats with fill in the blanks. Uh, Here is the first one. Contentment in Christ flows from running to him first. Contentment in Christ flows from running to him first. Look at verse 37. It says, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So in the midst of all this pandemonium, Jesus stands up and he yells, Come to me and drink. Stop drinking from other wells that don't satisfy. Stop going after things that will leave you empty. Stop going down the wide path that leads to nowhere good. Come to Jesus and drink. You know, I could stand up here this morning and quote studies far and wide that speak to just the the wider unhappiness in our culture today. And why is that? I mean, aren't we more technological than we've ever been? Don't we have more at our fingertips today than we've ever had? Don't we have things that people hundreds of years ago would have only dreamed about having? Don't we have wealth, affluency? Why why are we unhappy with all these things? Well, let me give you the biblical answer. Because we've forgotten God. We've abandoned God. And this has happened before. You know, in the days of of the prophet Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 2, the Lord said this, My people have committed a double wrong. They have rejected me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug wells for themselves, cracked wells that cannot even hold water. In many ways, we've left the Lord and we've gone after our own satisfaction, our own wells, taking of water that will never satisfy us. And I understand that this is going to happen in the world, okay? I'm not naive about that. But I want to speak to us this morning as the church. Oh, church, let us not reject the Lord. I pray that we would go to Christ alone for our satisfaction. I hope that when people see us in this world, they'll come up to us and say, man, there's something different about you. You seem to have a glow about you because we run to him first. The question is simple. Do you run to Christ first or is he your last resort? Do you run to Christ first or are you treating him as a filling station? Do you run to Christ first or do you wait until you've exhausted all of your other options and then limp to him? If you will resolve in your heart this morning to run again to Christ first, you will experience contentment in Christ because he has everything you need. Never will he leave you Never will he forsake you. Contentment in Christ flows from running to him first. Here's the next one. Contentment in Christ flows from trusting in him alone. Look at verse 38. 
Jesus goes on to say, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this word believe, this is a rich word, okay? It does mean intellectual belief with your mind, but it's more than that. This word means to trust in or entrust yourself to something. Think of putting your full weight on something. Now, when I say trust in him alone, do I mean that uh, we don't trust our spouse, our friends, our coworkers? No. I just mean that our ultimate trust, the person we can put our full weight on, is Jesus Christ alone. This is the teaching of the Bible. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. The Bible says, cursed is the man who trusts in man, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Do you remember in the Gospel of John what it says about Jesus? It says the people were entrusting themselves to him, but he was not entrusting himself to them because he knew what was in man's heart. His father was his ultimate source of trust. And the point is this. You, at some point, will fail everyone around you. And everyone around you, at some point, will fail you. Your spouse will fail you, and you will fail your spouse. Your friends will fail you, and you will fail your friends. Your coworkers will fail you, and you will fail your coworkers. Your company will fail you. Imagine that. And you will fail your company. But Jesus Christ will never fail you. You know, God has an undefeated record of never failing anyone for thousands of years. You can put your full weight on Jesus Christ. It reminds me of a story of a woman from Samaria in John chapter 4. Maybe you've heard the story before, but there was this Samaritan woman, and uh, we are told that she had had five husbands, and so clearly she was looking for that anchor, uh, that, that person to trust in her life, and she hadn't found that. And so one day, she was walking to the well to get water, and there sat Jesus, the Son of God, at the well. Now, she didn't know that. I mean, Jesus probably just looked like a common man. But she gets to the well, and then Jesus says to her, hey, give me a drink. And she's stunned by that. Because Jews typically treated Samaritans as second-class citizens. So why is this Jewish man speaking to this Samaritan woman? Well, Jesus goes on to say, listen, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for living water, and I would give it to you. Whoever drinks of the water that I have will never be thirsty again. You know what Jesus was saying to her? Trust in me alone. Aren't you tired of being let down by things and people and letting people and things down? Aren't you looking for a lasting source of contentment and for living water? Listen, trust in me alone. Stop going other places, drinking water that will never satisfy. And she says, sir, I would like to have some of this water. Isn't that our hope? Isn't that what we're looking for? That living water? 
You know, maybe you're here this morning and you just know that you've been looking for contentment in all the wrong places. It might be something different for you or for me, but we have a tendency to do this. And I just believe this morning that God is calling us back to make him our source of contentment, to make him our trust. Because I'll tell you what, if you put that type of pressure on your spouse or your friend or your coworker or your company, they can't handle that because they were never meant to. Only Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. You can trust in him alone. The question is this, what are you trusting in other than Christ? What are you putting before Christ? It might be today. It might be this week. It might be next month. It might be next year. But that thing will fail you. Go to Christ first so you don't have to go through that. Trust in him alone. Contentment in Christ flows from running to him first. Contentment in Christ flows from trusting in him alone. Here's the last one. Contentment in Christ flows from being filled with the Spirit. Look at verse 39. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. So when Jesus talks about the living water, he's talking about the indwelling by the Holy Spirit in the believer. And when it says, whom those believed in him were to receive, I want to make it simple. When you believe, you receive. When you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will receive the Holy Spirit. Now, in order to believe, we must hear the gospel message. What is the gospel? Well, the gospel is that historical reality that 2,000 years ago, a man named Jesus of Nazareth, whom we know as the Son of God, walked this earth. He lived a perfect and sinless life. And he was unjustly put to death on a Roman cross. But death could not hold him. After three days, he rose again. He appeared to his followers and then he ascended to heaven where he is alive today, seated at the right hand of God. Jesus is alive. That's the gospel. Why did Jesus die? Well, Jesus died because we're sinners. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. By sin, I mean we have disobeyed and rebelled against God. And God is holy and just and righteous, so he can't just look over our sin. No, a payment has to be made for that. But not only is God perfectly just and holy, he is also infinitely loving. And in the greatest act of love in human history, he provided the payment himself by sending his one son, his only son, to die on the cross for our sins. So you see on the cross how the perfect justice and the perfect love of God intersects in the greatest act in human history. Just like those two wooden posts on the cross, right? If you've never given your life to Christ, I am asking you to make a decision, but I'm also asking you to bow in submission. Because God is holy, we are called to repent. That means turn from our sin, renounce our sin. Don't worry about picking up the pieces. God will do that. 
But we can't take anything lightly for which our Lord died. We must repent because God is holy. But because God is so loving, he has done the work, and all we have to do is place place our faith in the finished work of Christ. You see, repentance and faith, that's the gospel. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you've made that decision, if you have believed, you have received the Holy Spirit. One of the greatest evidences that we are Christians is that we have this Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Think about that. What can't we overcome with the Holy Spirit in us? If we are Christians, people should see that evidence in us. And the Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and makes us more like Christ. The Holy Spirit teaches us the Word of God and makes us more like Christ. The Holy Spirit comforts us in all our trials and afflictions. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us, taking our prayers and making them communicable to God. And the Holy Spirit is our down payment, our guarantee that we are truly children of God and that our best days are ahead because we have eternal life. How great is it that we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And so if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, walk and step with the Spirit. There is no substitute for contentment in Christ. And contentment in Christ flows from running to Him first, trusting in Him alone, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, just as I say all those things, I understand that sometimes it's easier said than done to renounce and leave and repent of our sin, to leave those things behind that we continue to go back to again and again to seek contentment other than Christ. I am aware that this process can take years. You know, you heard me quote at the beginning of the message a man named Augustine. Augustine was a man born in North Africa, and he had a devout Christian mother, and an unbelieving father. And that paradox could be seen in his life all throughout his early years. Uh, He began to excel academically. He was trained in literature, in reading, in writing. But he was living a life far from the Lord. And his mom would weep over him and pray for his salvation. But he wasn't coming to Christ. In fact, he became enslaved to sexual sin and the wages of that sin began to take place when he had a child out of wedlock and suddenly, Augustine started to realize maybe there's more to life than this. But he couldn't get out. He continued to struggle with that sin for years until one day at 32 years old, When he was overcome with temptation, he sprinted out of his house and he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord heard those prayers of his mother. They came to bear on his life. And not long after that, he opened up the Bible to the Apostle Paul. He read about the gospel. And Augustine came to know Christ. Now here's the amazing thing. For the rest of his life, he found contentment in Christ alone. 
He wrote a book called Confessions that continues to strengthen believers today. So God not only saved him, forgave him, but he used him powerfully. God can not only save us, but he can use us whatever our past. And Augustine went on to be perhaps the greatest church historian in church history. Why do I tell you that story? Because maybe you are this morning where Augustine was. Maybe you've been seeking contentment in all the wrong places. But if this morning you will turn again toward the Lord, he is gracious and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful. Band, you can come up. I don't know where you find yourself this morning. Maybe you've never accepted Christ. Come home this morning. If you've never accepted Christ, come home. Maybe you have accepted Christ, but you know you've gone astray. Well, I want to tell you this morning that if you will take one step back toward God, he'll take a thousand toward you. He will show you grace. You'll be met with love, just like the father met his son in the prodigal son story. Turn back to the Lord. Repent of your sin. Make him your contentment. Or maybe you're here this morning and you are walking with the Lord with all your strength, but you're a bit discouraged and you're tempted to turn to the right or to the left and to start looking somewhere else for contentment. Don't do that. Don't do that. You have everything that you need in Christ.